guys. Welcome back to Grace Unscripted. As always, I'm your host, Ben Falkenberg. Today I get to sit down with Sarah Huth. I had never met Sarah, but my wife Tanya recommended me chatting with her because Sarah is the Connect Group leader of Gather, which is one of the, the big women's Connect Groups we have here on Wednesday mornings. And Sarah's also, <laughs> she's a part of a super blended family, as she would say. And so it was interesting to get to talk to her and pick her brain about, man, how do you navigate that? And so I think it's going to be really interesting when you hear what her family life looks like. And it's also fun just to see her heart and how she cares about other women. And so thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to Grace Unscripted. Hi, Sarah. Hi, good morning. How are you today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. We've had a little bit of technical <laughs> difficulties, uh, but we are here. We are recording, so I'm excited to be here with you. Um, you came highly recommended from my wife, Tanya. Oh, and thank so, you. So you better be good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, T- Tanya's known you for a little bit now um, because you're the Connect Group leader of Gather, yeah. which is pretty cool. Formerly Moms Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, yeah, Sarah's leads us and she'd be great. You should sit down and talk with her. She's got some awesome stuff. And so I was like, okay, cool. Um, and, and so here you are. And so I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so let's talk about, I want to talk about Gather. I want to use this as a tool to kind of um, educate some of the listeners about Gather. Because I think Gather is a pretty cool thing that you guys are doing. Um, and there's probably a lot of women that don't know what it is. Yeah. So what what is Gather? So Gather is a connect group at Grace. And we were formerly uh, Moms Matter. So it went from a mom's group when I first started maybe 10 years ago that met twice a month um, to now it includes all women. And we meet um, weekly for three different sessions throughout the year. That's cool. So we'll meet in the fall and then in the spring and over the summer. And how long are, how long are these sessions? Uh, they range anywhere from about seven to eleven weeks, something they're, like so they're that. So pretty long, yeah. Because I know Tanya's like, I feel like she's in them a lot because I'll notice she she comes home, she has a new workbook that she'll be every uh-huh. night she'll be reading or she'll be doing it in the morning, and uh, it's fun because I'll sit there next to her and I'll get to see her and she'll kind of talk to me about because I love to read, so she'll always be like, "Did you know this?" And yeah. This is what I'm learning. I'm like, "Oh, that that's cool. I'm glad you guys are learning that and stuff." And uh, and so she's pretty into it, um, and so that's cool. And I'm glad you guys. I remember when they made the switch, she was like, yeah, it's not really called Moms Matter anymore. She's like, because it's like all women. You know, we don't right. want to just be like, only moms can come to this. And so that's right. cool. It is um, good. So when, it, when, when does this happen? Is it Wednesday mornings? Yeah. So we meet Wednesday mornings from 9.15 to 11.15. And it just the length of the study depends on what study we pick. So yeah. And it's here at Gent Road. Yep. We meet in the community room downstairs here. And uh, we have child care if people need child that's care. Nice refreshments um and everyone's divided i mean you can sit where you want into different little tables so you get to meet you know somebody that stands up and opens in prayer and kind of leads a little bit from the front but then everyone also connects with the leader at each table and i would say you just you form really great relationships and friendships with yeah. the people that you get to know because throughout the studies you're learning the word but you're also um doing a lot of application problem or application questions and so those are the kind of things that we'll sit and discuss you know like your last week's homework um so it can get very personal and you know there's been times where there's tears and then there's often laughter and it's just um i know for me it's really helped me to grow and just to learn so much and um even just come out of my shell yeah like my first year when i started um 
I think I barely spoke ever. <laughs> like <laughs> I sat there and just soaked up the wisdom from all the women around me. Um, and here I am leading it now. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. I know Tanya's got some great relationships that have come out of it too. I mean, some deep friendships oh, yeah. that kind of first started and now all her friends, she's trying to make sure that they come in and stuff. And my sister goes to it too. Oh, okay. Um, which is cool. So I want to talk a little bit about the vision of Gather. Like you, you're the connect group leader of it. Like, what, what do you want for women out of this connect group? Um, well, so we picked the name Gather because it's it just to me it, it's about community, you know, bringing women together um, but with a purpose. Hmm. So I liked a little, um, like originally I was thinking kind of gather, grow, and shine. So we're gathering together, kind of living life together, sharing, you know, the struggles of life um, with also just the humorous things that can happen and everything in between. And then um, we grow together by learning the word. So that's kind of our knowing it, you know. And uh, it's it's all different studies where we'll pick, you know, like a Beth Moore and a Priscilla Shire, like different studies. Um, so we're growing together and then also learning from each other because you've got people that are really well seasoned in their biblical yeah. knowledge and, and just life experience as well. You know, and then people like when I first started that are kind of brand new moms and just never really done anything yeah. like that before. That's awesome. And then, I'm reading a book. Um, oh. I actually just finished a book. Nate gave me his, um, it's called like the five marks of man. And one of the things is, is like if you're not intentionally putting yourself around older men, like you're really being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Tanya talks about that. She'll be like, you know. There's women here that are much older than me, and they've been through it all, a lot of this, and so it's fun to like sit and hear them talk about stuff and kind of bounce ideas off of them and be like, "Well, I've been through this. Let me talk to you about what I did and what worked and didn't work." Or you know, mm-hmm. I think that's important. That's a cool atmosphere for women to be able to walk into. It helps a lot because yeah. it, it's hard. I mean, especially just being a mom, like it, it's hard and challenging, and every stage is different. So to talk to people that have kind of been there, done that, it helps yeah. a lot just to be encouraged and and also just to realize even if you're with women around the same stage of life as you, um, it's like we all have different struggles and it kind of just makes you feel better to know like no one's got it all together. None yeah. of us are perfect and maybe my kid isn't doing this, but she's doing that and, yeah. you know, and just to realize like, I don't know, just we're all in it together yeah and we're all just getting there at nine half of the people in the room getting there at nine is like a divine miracle oh yeah you know oh yeah <laughs> oh that's great um well i want to talk about how you got started with gather um you started helping out with the mom's nights mom's nights out is am i saying that right yeah so what was that do we do we still do that we don't really have okay. those anymore um as grace is just changes every year yeah. you know like as um because we didn't have gather when, right. when you were it, doing mom's nights out or whatever right. so now we've kind of transitioned but what was that that sounds like a cool thing when you were talking to me about it okay so at the time when we were a mom's group we like i said we met twice a week and so we tried to meet one more time throughout the month as like a field trip we would call it and go different places um outside of the church um and then we would have one night a month that was a mom's night out so just the moms could go somewhere and do something fun and so um me and another lady would plan different That's Sonia, outings. Um, no, that was uh, Jamie Mathledge. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, we would plan different events, um, anything from crafting to going to a coffee shop and just different stuff like that. Um, and they were they were fun. Yeah, I'm sure they and were. That was kind of my first 
leadership type role, you know, doing something, planning these little events. And, and they were fun. And they would attract new people sometimes. And so um, they're, they're just good connecting opportunities. Yeah. That's cool. Tanya and her little crew, I call them the mom squad. Um, <laughs> there's like five of them. Uh, they do that once a month. They uh, they get together. So oh. every month, once a month, they they have a night where she leaves the house at like 730 and she comes home at like 12. And awesome. uh, she never – I mean we have like a, the young girls, so we never stay up that late because right. God, God only knows what's in store for us at night. Oh, yeah. But uh, so she'll just roll in at like midnight and she's so tired the next day. But I know that's like really important and she has so much fun doing that. That's um, awesome. So you were doing that, and then that kind of just transitioned into Moms Matter. How did that even start? Were you, were you there at the beginning when Moms Matter started? No, um, we we started coming to Grace around two thousand seven, okay. I think. And then, uh, so we is your family, like my, you and we'll yeah, talk. My, your husband yeah, Ken, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. So when we started coming to Grace, kind of full time, um, in two thousand eight. Um, and got settled into Fairlawn here, um, I was able to kind of join the moms group and, you know, eventually we joined the life group and just kind of get more involved other than just coming on the weekends. So you, um, you started coming, you said 2007, you and Ken were dating then, and then you decided um, kind of make this your home in 2008, and then you joined a life group in 2009. Yes. But you got busy because pretty quick after that, just a few years later, you broke off and started your own life group. Yeah. So I want to talk about that for a little bit. Okay. Um, leading a life group is not easy, huh? I'm sure, I, just how, how does that process happen? You're in a life group and then you're just like, this is getting too big, we need to make our own, or how does that discussion go? Well, so we we joined our first one that January of 2009, and it was just very new to both of us. Because you'd never been in one before? Well, I had done something similar at my last church, which was good, but I would just say their method wasn't as well prepared. Okay. There wasn't really an official leader, and we wouldn't meet as regularly, so you just didn't get to know people as well. Um. So anyway, so coming to Grace, like it was awesome to have just a solid group that met every single week. Structured. Yeah, it was structured. And you had leaders that you felt like you could really trust and look up to and follow their example because you could tell by watching their lives, like they get it. Like they really Mm. love Jesus and they're living it out. So it was awesome because we got to make some really good friends. When we got married, um, we really didn't have any couple friends like and none of them were Christian friends, so yeah. I just knew that was something missing in our life. And I had moved from Bainbridge to here, which is you know it's like a forty-five minute drive. So any of the friends that I did have were forty-five minutes yeah. away, which is a, a lot. It's, it's a, a little far. Yeah, it's a little yeah. too far. So it was amazing just to make really, really good, deep kind of friendships, get to know people really well, and it also challenged me and. What I didn't realize was even happening is just that meeting with the other believers every single week, um, it just kind of trains you up and helps you get to know just how to follow Jesus better, mm-hmm. you know, and that's cool. we're all good at different things. So I feel like, you know, someone else's strength would kind of rub off on you a little bit and you're like, oh man, maybe I could be doing that or I need to study on this and work on that. And, um, but yet it was it was fun. Like you didn't feel like you were in a class or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we had lots of good good laughs. Um, and good and then you and then you branched off and started your own. So what's that like? It's just every week someone's coming into your home and you guys are kind of leading that, or are you guys the one teaching? How does that work for you? Um, well, so yeah, we we were in the group for I don't know three to four years, um, and a, a couple other couples, or maybe one had also broke out of that before, and that was kind of our first. Um, they call it a birth now. Yeah, that's a sign of a healthy life group. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, we had grown and gotten so big, so we kind of split up into two groups, which allowed room for new people to come because there literally wasn't any space. Yeah. Um, and it was you're, you're kind of sad, but you keep in touch with the people that you really connected well with, and um, I still have friendships from that ex- very first life group ten years ago. Um, which is really neat because sometimes in my photos I'll say, oh, my gosh, look at them, like, <laughs> yeah. so young. Like, yeah. we're all so young. The good old days, was, look at us. It was we, so yeah. long ago, yeah. Um, so at one point our group had just gotten really big, and we knew that there was a need in the church for more life group leaders and just more groups, you know, available for people. And my husband and I just kind of got that feeling like, I think we should step up and, and take that challenge on. Um, so we did, and... You know, there's bumps along the way. Yeah. It's hard. Um, but it was so awesome. Um, we led for a little over six years. That's a long time. Because that's uh, really, that is a really long time. a long time. That's awesome. But, um, you know, over those six years, you know, there's maybe a few people that were there the whole time. But some people kind of come and go at different seasons of life. And we met on a Sunday night. So, Sometimes Sunday would work great for people, and then yeah. their schedule might change, and it didn't work anymore. But um, it was just amazing to kind of get a front row seat to just be able to see God working in people's mm-hmm. lives, I guess. Um, it's like I've got all these people keep popping in my mind. I'm That's like, cool. oh, God did so many good yeah. things in so many people's lives. And, you know, we got to just be a tiny little part of that because um, as a leader – you, you teach a little, you know, you kind of guide the conversation, um, but you're really, you just, you're kind of pointing people to Jesus and getting them to think and, you know, asking good questions, which are provided by the church, yeah. you know, yeah. so that helps a lot. Um, and then just loving people. I think that's one of the biggest things that I kind of learned just to love people and, you know, whoever broad got to your, ugh, God Whoever brought. God brought to your house, um, it's, you know, your your job was to love on them, kind of feel them out, see where they're at, and then wherever they are, see if you can bring them closer to God or help yeah. them to work on a sin issue or just w- whatever it is. It's cool because, like, literally God is bringing someone into your house. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, wow, like, this is pretty cool. Like, they're, you're, new people are walking into our house that have, like, been directed here. Like, yeah. This is our time with yep. this with this couple. That's pretty cool. So, um, it's addicting seeing him move in people's lives too, isn't it? It's it such is. a wild feeling to like just sit back and even like the long game, you can look back and be like, man, look where they were and look where they are. Or I have a couple friends that he's starting to like prod at a little bit, I feel like, and it's like really early in the process. But it's so interesting and exciting to see like just the initial steps of like, oh, he's starting to move a little bit in their hearts, and you can mm-hmm. see it happening, and it's just like, this is awesome. They have no idea what's about to happen to them. Yeah. You know, that's oh, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, let me ask you this. You can be honest here. What's, <laughs> I feel like, what's the hardest part about leading a life group for six years? Um, well, it can be exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I think of that verse, you know, like not growing weary, because um, you you do tend you just ugh. you can tend to grow a little weary, mm-hmm. you know, at times. Like it's just like you said, it's six years you're meeting every week. Um, it, it can just be exhausting, and there's yeah. going to be some weeks where you're just maybe not feeling as good, and you're tired, and maybe you're just not really in the mood to have people over. Yeah. You know, but um, you're not in the mood to clean your house Sunday. You know? Yeah. Well, although I will say it's nice to have a reason to clean every week. <laughs> there you go. So because um, it needs to be done. But uh, yeah, I just on those kind of days, I would have to just pray, you know, God, please just help us to love the people that come over um, and just be able to have a time that's honoring to you and um even though I don't feel like it kind of thing, yeah. you know, like I'd rather just relax tonight. Um, but even on those kind of nights when people would come, I'd be glad that they were there. Yeah. You know, like once, once they were there and you're just sitting down and start talking to people and you're like, I love all these people, you know, and it just, the conversation be so good. And you're just like, I needed that just as much as that. Yeah. We all need it. Yeah. You know, like there's just something about just connecting and talking about, God's word and then having prayer time like that was one of my favorite things is just when we'd all kind of go around and you just pray whatever's on your heart and like it just you feel connected with people when you're all sharing like that mm-hmm. you know and talking to God and you know over the years seeing so many prayer requests be answered you know and um, just really really awesome that's pretty cool so. um, alright so you did that with Ken I want to talk about you and Ken because you guys, in your words, you're a super blended family. Yeah. All right. Um, so Ken and you had um, – you met. So I want to talk about how you met because this is kind of funny. Yeah. So you guys were set up on a blind date uh-huh. by your hairdresser. Is this well, who I, it was? I, oh, you were a hairdresser. I was a hairdresser. And one of your clients set you up. Yeah. So okay. a girl came in that I had never met before. I did her hair and, you know, we chit-chat throughout the haircut and – yeah, Tanya, my wife does hair too, and she says she's basically a counselor that oh, also yeah. cuts hair. Oh, yeah, it's Because she's like, you you would be amazed the stuff that people tell me. Lots I'm of like, things. yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I love that about it. But um, anyway, so this girl just, she knew someone, um, and she knew he had a daughter, and I had a daughter, and it was kind of like she just thought maybe they would get along because they both have a little girl. Yeah. So, She's like, I'll give him your phone number, you know, if if you want. And you're kind of like, I don't even know this girl, but I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so we, you know, talked and ended up meeting and started dating and, you know, eventually ended up getting married. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that was a long process. Um, when I first met him, he really didn't know the Lord. And um, he had So worn, you were a Christian going into that. Yeah. He Was he... Like a church guy at all, or is he just like not, no idea what's going on? Not really. He yeah. went to church a couple times, or sporadically, kind of as a child, maybe yeah. with his grandma. Um, but didn't really know that much about Jesus, and yeah. um, and then I think there was a few other people as he got a little older that maybe talked about God a little bit, and he had a little more exposure to church, but just he just didn't really know and wasn't yeah. really interested in it, um, and so. At one point, we broke up because, you know, I kind of yeah. was like, I can't keep dating you if we're not have, if we don't have the same faith. And I told him about a book that had really helped me to grow and kind of understand like the mission of being a Christian, um, the purpose driven life. Yeah, like I've that, read that really helped me a lot. So I kind of tried to explain like 
if maybe if you read this book, it would help you understand how I'm trying to live my life different and how my faith's really important to me. So he eventually got the book like a week later and started reading it, and God used that as a tool just to really bring him to That's the cool. Lord. The Rick Warren book. So I'm going to jump in for a second. When I was in college, I was not – I grew up in a Christian home. People have heard this story so many times. Um, but God started pursuing my heart in college, and uh, I remember starting to think, like, there's got to be more to life than this. And I was playing basketball. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more to life than basketball. But I had no idea, like, what to do with that. And uh, I finally prayed one night. So this has been my sophomore year. Think, um, all right, God, I, I have, n- I cannot deny that you exist, but like, if this is real, like what my family believes, like you have to show me that, or else, I'm, like, I don't want anything to do with this. And so I started reading that book, The Purpose Driven oh, yeah. Life. So I read that. I, what is it? Forty days? Yeah. It's a forty-day book by Rick Warren, and I read that book, and by the end of it, it was over. Like it was a wrap. He uh-huh. just took my heart, and I, I mean, I've ups and downs in life but that was it for me too that same book and so uh that book holds a special place in my heart okay keep going so so he starts reading that too yeah and that book has done wonders it's cool when god just like uses a tool like hey i'm just going to use this book and it's just going to sweep away people or i'm going to use billy graham for whatever reason he's just going to take thousands okay keep going sorry no and i even grew up in the church my whole life i mean we went every single sunday and then I kind of fell away from the Lord for a while. And then even when I came back, I just didn't really know what to do except yeah. go to church. Yeah. Um, and that book just was like a light bulb going off. Same. For some reason. I don't know why. But um, So, yeah, so that really impacted him. And um, we ended up getting married. And yeah. so, he, so he reads the book. At some point, you guys started coming to Grace when you were dating before you got married. So yeah. did he kind of like make a faith commitment to the Lord in that? Uh, by the end of that, would you say he walked out of that and yeah, was like, yeah, some, like I'm, I'm following Somewhere between the book and starting to come to grace. Um, and I, I forget how he, he, he found grace. I, yeah. I forget how. Um, but uh, so I started coming, you know, to grace with him, but then I was still volunteering and going to my other church as well. So once we got married and I moved um, to Akron here, um, I was able to plug in like more at Grace yeah, and kind of make this like our one home church. That makes sense. So okay, so that's cool. So I, I didn't know that about Ken. So you guys, you start dating, you get married, you each have a have a daughter that you're bringing in, and now you guys start to get super blended. So I want to I want to yeah. go through this together. All right. Um, so right now, Ken's daughter is Gracie. She's mm-hmm. 14. The daughter you brought, Heidi's 12. Um, and then you guys get married and you have your own daughter. Evelyn, mm-hmm. 2008. So that's three girls right off, right there. Yeah, so we got um, married in 2008. We had Evelyn in 2010. And so she is eight now? Yes. All right, now, then you, it gets even crazier. Because that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's a blended it family. Is. That's something to work through. And, and it, it was hard. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the first year. Like, we'll talk. can we talk about that? Yeah. Like, what are some, before we even get on, because this is just a little <laughs> snippet into how crazy this gets. So what's that like to blend a daughter from this family and a daughter from that family into one roof and then bring and then on top of that bring another baby into it. It it was hard. Yeah. Like the first year was was tough. Um probably we fought once a month about some kind of parenting issue, just different yeah. viewpoints on how to do things. And I was bringing in baggage from my past and he kind of had his and and he was, you know, a brand new believer, so he didn't really grow up with a good Christian example mm-hmm. even. 
And so it was just, it was hard. Um, and I'm really grateful, like I said, for Life Group, just friendships that kind of came alongside and gave both of us an example. And, you know, going to Life Group, starting Bible study at um, Moms Matter and just being in services here and meeting people um, really helped me grow and, you know, just reading and studying on my own. And um, But God had to work a lot in my heart and a lot in his heart just to kind of teach both of us just about marriage and how to mm-hmm. surrender and lay down your rights. And maybe you are right, but it's not about being right. You know, it's yeah. about um, just loving that person and forgiving and, you know, moving forward. And So how old were the girls that you brought in? How old were they when you guys got married? They were like two and four. Okay. So so you have a new daughter, basically, that's now not that Ken's previous from his previous marriage. Yeah. Um, what's that like to parent a daughter that's not biologically yours, but has now been in your home for the majority of her life? Is that is if this is too personal, we can edit it out. But okay. is that is there like a distinction you ever feel like uh, I can't say things or treat her the exact same as I would maybe someone that I'm biologically the mother of? Like, how does that work? It's yeah you. Oh. So every child in my house has to get parented a little bit different. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, when you're a step-parent, you don't have all the rights as, like, the biological parent. Um, So you have to get a little bit more creative. Um, I would say, you know, when things arise where you need to sit down and talk to the child, there's just a lot of conversation, you know, and, um, yeah. Okay. And and some things, like, I would be told I wasn't allowed to talk about or... Yeah. um, But... It just, yeah, you just, you have to be a little more creative, really patient. Um, sometimes you just have to pray and ask God to help help you love a child when it gets difficult because children yeah. can be difficult. Preach. Yeah. And, Amen. You know, it, it's just, um, just, yeah, just really trusting God to help you through because there's times where you just, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to fix the situation. There's going to be lots of frustrations that come up um, even just because, you know, a child is going from one home to the other, that, mm-hmm. and they both parent differently, and yeah. the rules are different, um, the expectations are different, and you might say something to the child that is brought back to the other family kind of not correctly, and then it, that can cause a problem, yeah. and you're like, oh, no, that's not what I meant, or or you didn't know the whole situation of what was going on, like one little snippet was yeah. pulled out of context, yeah. and you're like, oh. So, so those kind of things can happen, um, but... Yeah, it's it's just you really have to trust God and rely on him to help you a lot. Now, do you feel like – so you guys have been married for eight years, right? Um, Ten. Ten. I'm sorry. I did the math wrong. Um, So do you feel like that's – what's the right word here? Do you feel like as time goes on, the the line of like biological and not biological goes away more? Or is it just like it's always there and you just Um, have – or do you feel like, yeah, we're just kind of one big family now? Or do you feel like you still feel that? You feel it a little, I think, because we're kind of, um, like for my stepdaughter, she mostly is at her mom's house, so she's not at her house as okay. often. Um, so you just, you don't get to see her and know everything yeah. about her whole life, which, you know, we do our best to be involved, but you just, you miss stuff, Yeah, you know, and um, so that's hard. And, and even just as kids grow, um, like she's 14 now, yeah. and I remember when I was that age, like it's, 
it's just different. So we're kind of like figuring out like, ooh, teenagers, and they don't really talk as much, and you have to really dig to get yeah. them to open up. And um, so you have to get even just creative as they grow up a little just bit. Just to get them to talk to you. Yeah, because I think that communication is so yeah. important to know what they're interested in, what they're doing, who their friends are. And um, so even that is just a new thing that we're kind of figuring out. And I think my husband's really good at it. That's like cool. he he has to do I shouldn't say he has to do he he does the driving. I mean he goes to pick her up and bring her back and makes really good use of those car rides, you know, yeah. just because it's that one on one conversation time. Um and he even just since a, at an early age he wasn't always with her, he's really good at talking to her on the phone and just being silly and asking lots of questions and I always admired that he was so good at that. Yeah. You know, and um so, but for both of us, it was a learning how to love a child that isn't your child. Yeah. Because um, it is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're not, you're not getting them from an infant even. They're already a little bit older and um, they know, like, they have to get to know you. Like, they know you're not, they're not, you're not their parents. Yeah. So it's different than adopting, like, a baby that would not really know that you weren't their biological parent mm-hmm. type of thing. that and then um you guys also took permanent legal custody of a neighbor girl yeah elise mm-hmm. she was seven she's now 12 yeah so for five years you've had like permanent legal custody can we talk about this so what yeah how does that happen like what in the world there's a story there i'd love to hear it yeah so so she's your neighbor girl there was a neighbor um that i got to meet um a mom and a daughter and um, she had a fiance at the time and so you know I got to meet her because she had a daughter the same age as my daughter which is why we have two 12 year olds now yeah. but um, so they were going into kindergarten and as I got to know the mom you know I would invite her to my mom's group here and invite her to grace and um, just kind of was trying to be you know a friend to her and a good witness to her and um, as I got to know her more um, she kind of shared some stuff about her life um, that was not going well. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say she was on heroin. Yeah, you can say that. Is We're that not, yeah, you uh, can say it. We're not going to say her name. If I have to edit stuff out, we can okay. do that. So she was, she was struggling with heroin. Yeah. Trying so, to raise a daughter. So when I met her. Which unfortunately um, seems to be like a growing population. Yeah. Right? So I, I remember at one point, you know, she would ask me even about our church or we would talk about it for different reasons. And, um, you know, at one point she said to me, I remember you know, I just, I don't know that I could ever go. Like I've done so many things you don't even know about and you're so perfect. Like it's, I just don't think I could go to church. And I just kind of was like, oh my goodness, I, I am not perfect at all. Like, you know, maybe whatever you're imagining or seeing from the outside, like, I mean, I wasn't trying to put up any kind of phony mask, but she didn't know me well, you know, but it was like, I have struggled in my life. And even my family is a blended family because there is, sin there in the past and you know issues and problems and you know I I don't have it together now I didn't have it all together then and um so I I made it clear like no 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 I'm not perfect and church isn't for perfect people yeah because there aren't really isn't such a thing and uh 
so she had shared, you know, with me that she was struggling with heroin and other drugs even, um, and was clean at the time. But um, as kind of the time went on, you know, weird things would happen and you just kind of got the feeling like, I don't think she's clean anymore. And um, so she would kind of, over the next couple years, kind of struggle with drugs and come in and out of the house where she was living. Um, So her daughter would get moved away to a different district Mm. and then come back and leave and come back kind of once a year. And um, so as time is going on, we're praying for this little girl, wanting to help, not really knowing what to do. Um, And at one point they moved to Florida and came back. And uh, at that point she kind of got kicked out and didn't know where she was going to live um, and needed help with her daughter. So came to us because we had offered before, you know, like we could keep your daughter if you need, because we kind of knew she was going to a place where yeah. wasn't the best place for a little child to be living, but she didn't want the help at that point. And, uh, but this time she did and she let her daughter come stay with us. We had no idea how long it might be. So we got power of attorney that turned into a legal guardianship, um, And all through this time, like, the mom is kind of, you know, struggling. And uh, she was in and out of rehab so many times. And at one point, she went back with her mom for a few months and then ended up back with us again. And at that point, we got uh, temporary, emergency temporary custody of her, which gave her mother, I think, nine months to kind of get sober to get her back. And she just couldn't do it. I mean, it just gets such a claw into people like it it's so hard to get out of that but um so we ended up getting the permanent custody and we're willing to do that what Um, year was that so that was probably two-ish years ago i think um you know and, and the whole time it it was really hard because you're trying to parent a child that has been through traumatizing situations i know that poor girl um she bullied our other daughter for a long time so they both were in counseling you know and you know and then we even had people just telling us like that's risky you know you probably shouldn't bring that child she Mm. could do this that or whatever to your kids and teach your kids about this or who knows what's happened to her and and it was kind of like yeah we know it's risky like i'm not I, i know that you know um but we just guys. really wow. felt like God wanted us to do that. And when you know so clearly, like you, you just, you don't say no to that. No. Um, it was that verse at the end of James one where he says, pure and undefiled religion is this to care for widows and orphans in their distress. And so, I mean, we just, it's like, we got to do this. Yeah. There wasn't really a question and we will do what we can to prevent something bad from happening but we you know we realize it's risky but um so we just did what we need to do you know like lots of conversations like my kids probably learned a lot more about drugs than I probably would have talked to them (laughs) about at such a young age but it just was kind of necessary they learn it from you I guess right yeah you know we talked about touches things that are appropriate not appropriate just to make sure we've laid everything out here and um you know, when there was bullying going on and lots of lying going on because she was taught that's, to and that's lie. Not, I mean, I can't. That's <sighs> not easy. I mean, you have your biological kids and it's like I feel like almost like the weight of the world to protect them. 
and then you're stepping into a thing where you know you're kind of intent not intentionally but you're stepping up and saying this is going to be harder on them and there's yeah. going to be and you still did it yeah i think um that's cool. we just had to really trust god that because we were doing what he wanted us to do that it was going to be okay yeah and uh and that that's just the thing like when god asks you to do something hard are you going to trust him and say yes anyways even though it might be a little bit risky yeah you know and the benefit of it has just been seeing our daughter, you know, come, um, Elise, come to know the Lord through the whole thing. Um, she had told her school counselor once, she asked her, you know, what do you like about their home, our home? And she said, they pray. Hmm. And it, it just was, it just, it really threw me back. I, I couldn't believe it of, like, I would think she gets to have all her meals or she yeah. feels safe or there's not drugs or, you know, mommy doesn't pass out like i'm thinking of all these things but what she said she liked most was that we pray Hmm. and for a little seven-year-old girl that meant something to her you know like she liked that we prayed and um anyway so over the years we got to see her come to know the lord and get baptized here and um and then even with the mom you know it was like she eventually gave her life to jesus and was also baptized here even though she continued to struggle You know, she, and that's the thing, they want to be better. Um, I remember her saying, like, you could even be crying on your way to get drugs, but you just, you just have to have them. Like, Mm -hmm. it just grabs you so tightly. Um, And so, anyways, we eventually got to see her come to know the Lord, and she's um, she's doing well right now, and she found a, a church that she feels really comfortable in that's been helping her, so... That's a good thing. I yeah. don't want to over talk about that right now. I'm just, you know, we're yeah. in a stage, but um, so it, it's it's definitely worth it to know that certain people are going to be in heaven, you know, because we were willing to say yes to God and, and invest that time, you know, and, and that's God that pulls their hearts to Him and mm-hmm. draws them near. And um, but but it was a lot. It was yeah i could tell lots of crazy stories oh my gosh over yeah that we could probably frame. sit here for three hours yeah that is that's really fascinating but um so um uh, what does does is elite elise am i saying that right? yeah does her mom have any like can she come and go with her now could she be okay like, hey, i wonder for the day like how does that work or is it like no she's only in your home yeah it was um you know she had to be sober to have visits with her daughter and so at one point you know, she just wasn't sober for a long time. Um, gosh, like, so over the last five years, we've just gone through lots of different stages. And, mm. you know, she had to be sober to see her daughter. Um, times she was in rehab, like, I'm not bringing your child to the rehab yeah. center. Um, that's just not healthy and good for her. Um, and then I, I think it's been maybe two years since they've seen each other. Okay. Um, so we're, we're kind of in a process of writing letters. And Does that, she voice, like, missing her mom? Um, she does, but it's a process of, um, healing, you know, like it, it was kind of like we did lots of counseling while she was littler and then we took a break for a year. And now that she's getting older, she kind of started having some flashbacks in her mind and just needed to kind of revisit the past to reprocess that in a healthy way. And so we've been going to Emerge Counseling, which is a Christian counseling center, and we just absolutely love our counselor there. And um, 
it's really helped her just to work on trust issues. We, you know, just kind of figuring out, you know, she's trust issues. Like she learned from a child that you can't trust your caregiver. So she kind of learned, you just can't trust anyone. You have to take care of yourself. And so even though we've been faithfully trustworthy to her, there's times where she'll take things into her own hand, which ends up backfiring because she just, that's her instinct. So I think it's going to take time for those instincts to change you know like things that she learned kind of got hardwired into her um even things like lying where she was taught to lie and you know lied so much um sometimes she'll want it like her first instinct will want to be to lie but then she'll say well and kind of correct herself so god has definitely been working in her heart and changing her a lot um that's an incredible story yeah and then you added a new baby to that yeah so how old are you I'm 36. So you had, and then, so you brought her in, and then you had a f- several years, no more kids, and then yeah. last, this year, boom, yeah. three-month-old girl. So after we had Evelyn, so we had the his, mine, and ours, and then we brought Elise in, um, we had wanted to have another child together just because we, we really enjoyed having Evelyn together yeah. and, and being, you know, a, a family that loved each other, and it was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, Because both of our first situations were just challenging and Mm -hmm. hard, um, which we can maybe get to that later. But um, so I was never able to conceive again after Evelyn. Um, At one point, I had had surgery to kind of fix things that were broken. And I did conceive right after that. um, But then we ended up miscarrying around 10 weeks. So that was hard, you know, just very disappointing. We were so excited. And, um, you know, that one just... God has reasons that yeah. sometimes are he can give and take away and we just we don't know um, and so that was hard and then but we got through it and um, I would even just say so many people from our church here would just you know drop things off or send me an email or a text or take me out for coffee and I felt so loved through that situation that it was like it's cool I don't know I just I remember feeling like I should be more sad, but I feel so loved right now by all my friends and church. Like, it was just, it was awesome. That's cool. Um, just to feel God's love kind of pouring on us through that hard time. And then, um, yeah, so then four more years kind of went by. And um, I had been working on my physical health a little bit, you know, just trying to get my own body more healthy to just feel Cross better. Cross-fitting it up. Well, <laughs> more more on changing my eating. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but getting a little bit more exercise in. And um, so I I think maybe just a little bit of that and a little bit of God's miraculous kind of hand just saying, like, it's time. Yeah. So, yeah, we were very surprised. Um, Let's see. So it's almost Christmas right now. And last year, right after Christmas, you know, you're kind of late. And you're like, like, hmm. Like, at some point, like, you have to go get a test because you just got to know. And, um, yeah, I was just crazy, like crazy it's the only thing we could think about for weeks because it was just like i can't believe this is happening you know and and there was still a little fear of like you know we lost that first one what if this one doesn't make it and you were kind of afraid to get excited and and even there it was kind of remembering like you know god's in control and you know like he could he could choose to take even one of my older kids like you just we talk about that all the time because after we had after we had our that uh, benson our son was stillbirth and then I was like, I don't want to do this again. Tanya was like, I want to try to have one more kid. And it was just like, she gave me like, 
I needed time. It took me like six months to finally be like, okay, like we can yeah. try. But there's like this – I feel like there's – I feel like when you're young, there's like this innocence of like, all right, you're going to get married and you're going to decide to have children. And when you decide to do that, you're going to have children and it will be great. And then you get into it and there's like struggles to get pregnant and then you yeah. have miscarriages and, and it it definitely affects you. And so I remember – um, Shay's eight months now, but that pregnancy, like I just did not enjoy it at all. Not that I was pregnant, but I was like, I'm not an anxious person, person, but I felt like anxious the whole time because I'm like, we have this baggage now of like yeah. seeing this go really horribly wrong, yeah. um, and then we kind of trying to lean on God to trust Him, and like Tanya was so strong through that, and it really, it really drove me deeper into figuring out who He is, like in the Bible, of like, what you say is exactly right. Like, He could, He's in control. Like, mm-hmm. he is absolutely in control. Like, if this baby is part of his plan, it's going to happen. He is sovereign over anything. Mm-hmm. And what what he wants to happen here will happen. Um, you know, and, and like you said, Donnie and I, we've seen, like, all these kids be born and they're healthy. And then, like, things happen later. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it it's just not up to us at all. Yeah. Um, and that helped me. That didn't make me more anxious. When I kind of get my head around that, it's like, okay, you can lean in and trust him here. Mm-hmm. Like. This might not go well, but he's got that somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we walked in that. Like, I know what that feels like. But then when the baby comes and it, like, happens, it's just like, wow, this is crazy. It's, yeah. And so so yours is three months now. Yeah. So you are back in the ringer. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's... That is that is crazy to go. <sighs> you went all those years without the diapers and everything, and you just are right back into uh-huh. it. That's crazy. It It is. Because <laughs> uh, Alina, my middle, was like, Two or some, so she was potty trained. We're like in that mode of like go out to dinner, everyone can eat at the thing, and then uh-huh. it's just like we're like getting everything out again for when Shay's coming. I'm like, man, we're doing this again. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's so I'm excited. Like I love her, but I'll be excited not to have to do diapers again. It is to this round. Yeah, I got I got a good taste of what it's like to have all bigger kids. Yeah, like this last summer we would go swimming and I would read books at the pool. And <laughs> yeah, I would think. You know, next year I will not be reading books no, at the pool. It'll be. be holding the baby, and yeah. which will be fun. You know, just different. Um, so yeah, it's it's been really awesome, like such a huge blessing. And um, it kind of was. My one sister had some infertility, and then they were just about to start treatments, and she ended up pregnant on her own with twins, which was wow. just a miracle. She had a two percent chance, and here she gets twins all on her own. So we've got two new babies from her, and then my brother's wife just had a baby as well. So we have four new That's cool. baby girls in my family right now. And it's it's just I, – I just the first time they were all four together, I just cr- cried a little. Yeah. Like I just Jesus couldn't cool. believe how amazing it was that God just kind of blessed, you know, and, and I would have never thought I would have a baby in that mix kind yeah. of thing. Um, and it's been hard, you know, like that first month you forget how challenging oh, grief, I know. it is, uh, but it's getting a little easier most days. I think some days are still just really hard and I find myself just praying and like for self-control, like I just, I'm so tired that I'm just kind of mad, you know, <laughs> and, and that's just being honest. Like you're just, you're so exhausted and have no time to get things done, you know, and you just got to sit there and those little prayers even of just like God help me God give me patience God help me have self-control just to be kind and loving because I don't want to be a grumpy mom you know or five girls ages 14 to three months that is that is quite a task so God bless your husband (laughs) yes he and he does so amazing with all the girls 
um, he's really good at just bringing humor to the house and also bringing that spiritual wisdom, you know, and conversations. And I certainly could not parent and guide them all on my own. Like it's definitely a team effort and he's so good. That's cool. I mean, we all have our days where we're maybe less patient or bubbly, you know, for sure. But, um, we make a really good team, I think. And that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I think. All right. Last question then. I've been asking everybody this if I remember. Um, all right, Sarah, why do you love Jesus? Oh, get us out of here on that. Okay. Um, I guess I would just say, cause he changed my life forever and his love for me is so great that I can't help but love him back. Um, like I said before, I was raised in a church, but I definitely, as a teenager, kind of, you know, strayed away a little bit, just probably the common way many teenagers do in America. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I kind of was an anxious high schooler. We had moved around state to state like every three years. So I was always the new girl and didn't really have like a good established group of friends. So we moved to Ohio when I was starting my freshman year of high school. And I made friends eventually, but like I was very anxious all through high school and um, just never really felt cool or like I fit in or anything. You know, you get the acne and the braces and just kind of, you just feel like maybe everyone else knows this secret coolness that you just don't know or how to figure out. And um, so, uh, yeah, so started kind of drinking a little more and other things and um it just then there was like a trauma that kind of happened when I was in my senior year uh and that just kind of left me feeling like I wasn't ever going to be worthy of um like someone to love me kind of thing um like if they knew like what happened to me or something and so uh that kind of just spiraled me downward farther um because then I just had no self-esteem at all And, of course, it didn't turn to the Lord at that point, but it was like, well, might as well party and just what's the point? I mean, I just I didn't know. And so another year or so of kind of the partying. And uh, at one point, I remember thinking, this isn't the life that I want. You know, like I don't want to always be high and just not feel like I can't have fun if I'm not. And so I I did kind of turn away from that for the most part, (laughs) for the most part, you know. But um, I still just felt very empty. So we moved back. Like we had moved to um, Las Vegas, um, which didn't probably help the situation. Yeah, that probably didn't, right? We came back here again. And, you know, all my high school friends were kind of in college doing their thing. And I had taken a year off to get residency in a new state. But then we ended up moving again. So I just felt like I was had no direction and um, ended up going to cosmetology school. And while I was down there... Um, I, I think I just, I really was depressed, I guess, if I had to put a label on it. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't really have friends, you know, like hardly any friends, or if I had a few good friends, they were far away. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time that lived four hours away and it just was, my life just felt really empty. And I felt like the people that I wanted to see and, you know, my family, even everyone was far away, had a really rough time with roommates and, um, was just kind of down, you know, and just felt like, what's the point? Like there just, there wasn't a lot of meaning 
you know, and it was like having fun just wasn't enough, you know, anymore. And, um, I had a client, um, cause I was in cosmetology school. I was giving this girl a pedicure and she, you know, was talking to me and got to know me a little and asked me to go to church with her. And it was kind of like, yeah, you know, like yeah. I should do that. <laughs> like I haven't been to church in, I don't know, a year or something. And so I started going to church with this college girl and uh, she would even have us, like, we'd go out to dinner before or after, and she would talk to me and just, what do you think of it? And um, so it was at that church um, down in Cincinnati where I went to school where one night I just found myself, you know, crying through the worship time and just kind of realized that I wasn't surrendered to God, like mm-hmm. I wasn't living for him. Because as a child I said the prayer, you know, I want to um, live for Jesus and invite him to live in my heart. But as I got older, I, I really wasn't living for him. I kind of had this false sense of self-righteousness, like, well, I'm pretty good. I'm better than most people, and I'm yeah. a good person, you know, and I I do mostly good things, and I don't hurt others, and I'm nice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I wasn't really surrendered to God. And so I, um, I just at that moment kind of realized, you know, like, I need his forgiveness. Like, I've done so many things in my life. I need his love. I want God to be a part of my life, Jesus to be a part of my life. And so from then on, like, I mean, I just knew like something was different in me. And I had this mission of like, I needed to get to know him, you know, like I want to know Jesus. Um, But I didn't really know how to do that. So I kept going to church with that girl. Her name was Marina. Um, And so we would go on Saturday nights together. And then I found another church and I would go there by myself on Sundays. So I was doing what I could to grow. Um, but I, I, you know, it was a slow process and then it was just kind of making changes in my life slowly and, um, you know, breaking up in a relationship that wasn't really God honoring and figuring out what to do with that. And, um, even finding another relationship that ended up just not being good, you know, um, that could be another long story, (laughs) but, um, you know, God kind of using those things that were brought more challenges in my life to kind of break down those walls of like pride. I, I feel like, especially in America, like we can just have so much pride, you know, we're kind of even taught, yeah. brought up that way a little, no, definitely. just from our culture. Um, so I, I was trying to live for Jesus, but he kind of showed me like, there's so much of your heart and your life that you're just not giving mm. to me. And we know the Bible will say he will humble you, you know, in those prideful situations. And so um, I, I'm glad I don't have to relive those difficult times of my life, but um, I'm so grateful for them so that he could just show me that the, I was still missing out on so much of him because I was living for myself still, you know, with a little bit of Jesus kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so, uh, you know, when I found myself divorced as a single mother, um, with a six month old baby, I think I literally just had nothing. You know, I just felt like my dream of never getting divorced is over now. You know, here I am. And now I have a baby and I don't know what I'm doing with this baby, you know, um, all on my own. And I'm thankful for my family who helped me out so much. Um, but it, it just brought me to a place where it was like, I could just totally give my whole heart to the Lord and, you know, so at the church I was at, at that point, I would go to classes and go to service and try joining a small group. And 
um, this one woman kind of took me under her wing and started a little Bible study that we would meet. And, you know, so I, I had different people kind of discipling me and felt very loved by that and um, started helping in uh, their youth group program for the little kids, which was fun. I would kind of do these skits and stuff. And um, I just I started finding a lot of joy and peace in the Lord, which really helped me get through that time. And then it was like I knew that I wanted a healthy relationship again. Um, but I really didn't know how to do that because everything in the past had failed. And mm-hmm. um, I had let, you know, my past trauma kind of hinder decision-making and um, and just wasn't seeing my own value that the Lord would have given me. And so I ordered all these Christian dating books because I was like, I'm going to learn. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this right this time. And I read all these books. And eventually, like I we talked about earlier, you know, got set up on that blind date. Um, and then... We kind of talked about that. But so, yeah, I just, I love Jesus very much. He's helped me get through all of the hard times, all the difficulties. Um, He still continues to help me because I still don't have it all together and still struggle with, you know, different just bad attitudes that want to pop out, you know, um, (laughs) when we're, yeah, just having a bad day or something. But, um, yeah. That's cool. Well, I appreciate you. Um, that's that's fun to talk. I appreciate hearing hearing uh, your story there. That's that's pretty cool. I think people are going to learn a lot from you. Um, so thanks for being here with us today. Awesome. Hope you have a great rest yeah, of the day. Thanks. Too. Thank you.